And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. All right, it's the Post Colts Entitled Town. Uh, my name is Mike Irons. I'm here with uh, Dan from Patriots Daily and Media Mike on Route 1. I may notice there's no Scartelli this week, so I'll give you my four downs. Down one, Scartelli. Down two, John Irons. Down three, Shaq. Down four, Chico. You slackers. Mike, Patriots 26, Colts three. The game wasn't that close. It wouldn't have been, uh, never would have felt close even if the score was six to three. Uh, are you like DJ Bean, an Ellinger guy? And what'd you take away from the game? Is Scartsy, where is he? Is he at the the, the general Don Bolick rally up in New Hampshire? I think he's the low stakes <laughs> unit is having an outing, clearly. <laughs> Good. Um yeah, that was uh that was unfair um to Ellinger. Not I mean it was you could poof, it was bad. It was that bad. was brutal. That was brutal. That that was that was not not you know, you think the Patriots have problem protect problems protecting the quarterback. Imagine having that investment up front and being that being that bad at that. And that was just a total like I, I don't I don't know that I recall certainly a Patriots defense ever uh just pinning it back <laughs> like that um against how many times have they sacked uh, ellinger nine, nine times nine times <laughs> yeah, yeah ellinger was, was they, they they really put ellinger it set him up to fail you know i i um i i i, I don't wager like i used to um but I, I i wager enough to to bet that at 13 and a half uh Pedro's laying 13 and a half because i just thought it was uh, gonna be a disgusting defensive thing and loaded on on the on the patriots and all my defenses and daily fans because it just looked like a shitty matchup you know what, what i thought i was when they came out offensively though um you know that first play they ran a, a stretch to the left and the footwork max kind of steps were choppy and it was like mistimed and i was like ah oh, christ here we go again uh, and, you know, they started out behind the sticks and the second series was they they were deep and you know, I think they tried to fake like a swing power, a, a screen to the right, this delay. And again, the footwork, you know, from the back looked ill time and I, from Ramondre looked ill times. It's like, Jesus, you know, I, I thought that the, that the Colts did a good job up front, though. Uh, they, they they won up front. And I think the absence of Andrews is, is, is hurting them in the middle. They, they were Agreed. just collapsing the pile there um, a lot. And. Last against the Jets, Stevenson made some of those early penetrators miss, um, and you can't live that way. That's not a way to, I don't think, sustain uh, sustainably um, run. And I thought, you know, they ultimately did okay, um, but it's it's playing behind the sticks um, like they like they had have done um, at times. Can't be in second and second and double digits. Just yeah, it's it's what it is. You're they're you're going to get teed off on. That's what's happened. Yeah. Dan, your impressions from uh, the the victory over Indianapolis. The defense played very well. Uh, I mean, Indianapolis had no chance. Is there a lot we can take from that game? I mean, they weren't, you know, to paraphrase Mike Singletary, they we cannot give them the game, and and they didn't. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, well, I, I happen to enjoy watching good defensive football, so I I liked the game, but. Yeah, they need to figure something out with the offense. That team's only going to go as far as that line can take them. Um, 
like you guys are saying, the defenders were living in the backfield all day. Uh, also shows how important it is to have a healthy Damian Harris. I don't think Taylor showed much other than that hustle play for the right. uh, getting down on the fumble. Uh, Matt Chatham today said he thinks that the offensive line going forward should be left to right. Uh, Brown, Strange, Andrews, uh, win at guard, and then Onwenu at right tackle. And you and I were saying the same thing, uh, I think, just this morning. I think I saw somebody tweet, it's not a Patriots game until Brown and Wynn get whistled for one penalty each in the first quarter. So, so obviously, there's not a ton to take from that game. Uh, By week, this coming week, then it's uh, the Jets coming to Foxborough. There was, uh, regarding the struggles of the offense, Dan, Dan, Bill Belichick came out today, we're recording on Tuesday, and talked about uh, how Shaquille Leonard was able to fly to the ball and the Jets were uh, the week before as well. Here's Bill Belichick talking very openly about uh, the Patriots' struggles offensively. Yeah, I thought that there were uh, two or three plays for sure that uh, Leonard uh, really, uh, you know, got a big jump on uh, and and stopped us basically uh, on those plays. Um, you know, Mosley, Mosley got a couple of those, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago in the Jets game. It looked like Mosley, you know, almost looked like he heard the play in the huddle. Um, he was on it so fast. And and Leonard had a couple like that, too. So whether that's, um, you know, something we were giving away or just something that that. Uh... I got to admit, Dan, I was surprised that uh, Belichick came out and offered that explanation. What, uh, you know, I pinged you when I heard it. I was like, what the hell's going on here? What's. What's the end game here? What is the end game with Bill coming out and uh, you know, obliquely sending a message uh, to the officials, other teams, that sort of thing? What'd you take from that? I don't think he was sending in any signals. I mean, it presented just the right tone. He doesn't say anything about cheating. He understands perfectly that every team has a book on every other team. Uh, contrast that with like Mike Tomlin. And we'll always do the, this. This always seems to happen when we come to Foxborough thing oh, with the God, headsets. Yeah. Um which then sends the bat signal up to Florio and then thousands of Steelers and Bills fans get on and start saying Belichick. Instead, he praised the two players and the, you know, uh, Leonard and then Mosley the previous week for doing their homework and film study, preparing for the Patriots, uh, even made it incumbent upon the Patriots to change things up. So they're not so predictable. So it's, it's saying this is what football is. Uh, I think the two takeaways from that is that it's commonplace in the NFL for this to happen and only when the Patriots know an opponent's tells from film study do the conspiracy right. theorists come out. Good point. Mike, are you buying into any of the consistent drumbeat media narrative about Judge and Patricia uh, sabotaging this offense? I mean... Uh, intentionally for, for like the, the good playbook and the bad playbook? Yeah, get the zappy plays, the Glengarry, Glengarry yeah. Glen Ross leads. I, I keep thinking of uh, what's the... Uh, can an Adam Sandler movie there with a uh, big tit. What's her name? That Leslie Mann. We wasted the good surprise on you. I keep, <laughs> I keep getting, I keep getting that in my head uh, when I hear that. Why? Well, I, I, that would be a, that would be the the, uh, the least um, explicable thing to do for for two guys tr- trying to uh, to do well. I would think at, at coaching football. So probably not. Um, you know, the the last refuge of the mouth breather in the 300 levels is always 
<laughs> you're too predictable, Belichick. Uh, you're too predictable. Um, Throw you know, I, it! I, I knew what was coming. You know, if I know what was coming, you know. That said, this week, I did feel, I I was like, well, they're running it here. And, you know, I, I don't, and, but, but let's, let's be honest. Everybody in that league can kind of probably, you know, unless they're a, a total meathead, have a pretty good idea of what's, what's coming. Dan um, Campbell, we're looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they know what's kind of, what's coming. So I, I don't think, I don't read too much into that. And it, it's, it's execution. Okay. You know, the, the, the Colts were, were played pretty well uh, defensively. And maybe the Patriots suck offensively, but I thought the Colts looked pretty decent, especially up front. They were, they were winning up front against the line. So, um, you know, you call the same plays and you execute, and I, I think it looks differently. And to Dan's point, I, I think that line combination, Bill is is so adept, willing, not adept, but willing to, to adapt. Um, but at the same time, he's not a big throw up the hands. This thing isn't working. Let's run around with our hand, with our, mm-hmm. our our pants on fire, and 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 also doing making changes just to make changes when you're not sure that the solution is going to. Um, to That's to the be last better. vestige of the desperate doing that, right? So, but I do think I do think to, to I think Chad's point was it's a bye week now. Now you have a chance to do it. Yeah. If you want to make a run here in the second half, I think I think you make that change. I don't know how you can continue to ride to ride that. Um, and get your best get your five best linemen on the field agreed and at the end of the day dan they are five and four max getting healthier what are you seeing from mac i mean he did not put the ball in jeopardy sunday that was that was the goal sunday don't make turnover worthy plays i can't believe i'm using pro football farce parlance but he didn't put the ball in jeopardy they had the one turnover on the myers fumble really good play by the colt linebacker coming in um punching the ball out but uh, yep. uh, how are you feeling about Mac uh, at on the bye week? Uh, yeah, well, mandate number one: don't turn the tr- turn the ball over. Uh, I'm not ready to say there's any issue with Mac. I mean, I was I was thinking back. We always go back to Brady and Brady Bledsoe. You you hope that your quarterback doesn't need everything handed to him on a silver platter in order to be successful. You hope that there he has some special traits that make the most of what he's got around him. But it's also no coincidence that the success that Zappi had uh, came in two games where they kept him completely clean. You know, the, the line is, is the biggest issue. The thing I mean, that was, is so- it just Andrews is Andrews kind of the, the first domino to fall. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys that. Do you think Andrews, do you think that Strange's success is, is so tied to Andrews? We're all nodding. Mike, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Strange has a veteran center. Who's, you know, a, a borderline all pro. He's missing him, and Ference isn't David Andrews. I even wondered if Wynn at left tackle uh, in platooning with uh, with Strange was sort of a tryout for that. Just he doesn't have the uh, the thing that that Chatham was saying about playing moving uh, Onwenu over was uh, how uh, Wynn. I think it was something about how his his drop step or his his wide step to try to pick up the uh, the ends coming around. He just doesn't have that uh, that skill to to the degree needed, and on when he you know succeeds wherever he goes, so that's a a, a position of more importance. Yeah, move it, win inside, Mike. Is that where you're at? And hope Andrews gets healthy. Fast. Yeah, yeah. It's to, to alleviate that that 
that step where his first his first step has to be to that to his right um yeah and the it hopefully that that solves it you don't have to worry about that if you kick him inside and yeah and when when it seems to be able to play anywhere so i'm i'm yeah and put put him at right tackle because that's where they seem to be having because problem yeah i think it's andrews i i think i mean they had obviously had problems along the line before that but i think they had cleaned cleaned some of that up um uh you know prior to to um to andrews getting injured um so yeah i i I do think i think that now especially with strange having that veteran guy next to you you know i think people are going to overreact and think oh he's a bust but it's it's a rookie it's a wall you know probably a combination of wall and not having that guy next to you you know if larry johnson had access to the intertubes he'd be loving (laughs) this podcast talking about line play quick (laughs) i love it uh dan you know one more thing sorry I I i can say so you know, we're talking about where Mac is in his development. And I, I mentioned, you know, Brady kind of making a leap in 02. And I think that's true um, at the beginning of the year when they came out balls on fire, right? In, in Tom's second year as a starter, uh, throwing it all around against um, against first, Steelers. Yeah. Steelers. First game at Gillette, uh, 30 yeah, to Steelers, 7. What a game. Down the Jets. And then they went to uh, Kansas City, in a, or no, Kansas City at home in a shootout. Um, and the, but, uh, you know, then it got tough, you know, and I was looking today at some of the, uh, the numbers that he put up that season and, and, you know, just using passer rating, it's flawed, whatever, but as, as a, sh- as shorthand, you know, 83, 74, 44, 75, 76, 67, 47, 57, 68, you know, it's like this shit happens, you know, they you, had a game you progress, and- you can progress mentally and, and, and physically grow, but there's other shit that's going on and you, you can take a step back in the, in the bottom line. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing here. You know, they had a game late in that O2 season. It was a Monday nighter at Tennessee where the offense could not have looked more. Brady, yeah, Brady looked like good. zappy against uh, on the Monday night game against uh, yeah. the bears. They had, yeah, they, had, they, they scored once. I think that game. Yeah, that was brutal. Then that was, yeah, that was a really bad game that they lost that, you know, that's, there was a stretch there where they were, they're struggling, but yeah. We we discussed Dan on the last podcast that uh we kind of get nervous when Crafty Bob gets in front of a microphone in the postgame celebrations. Oh yeah. Jim Ursay had his press conference delayed not once, not twice, not three times last night to announce that they had let Frank Wright go and they had hired checks notes Jeff Saturday. Um, but at least, at least when Jim Ursa did get to the to the mic, he sounded coherent. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. All right, that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's right. uh, were any hookers <laughs> harms uh, during the Sunday game at Foxborough, Mike? Did you check up and down Route One to make sure that Ursa didn't leave a trail of blood and and or pills? That's a that's a legendary line. Like if, if like you know, Sports Center was still a thing, like you'd be here. That's like you know, playoffs, playoffs. We talk about practice. Oh, that's that's, pretty, that's in that's, that's in good. my macros for the for the yeah. rest of the season for that's damn sure. That's pretty short. good. That's pretty good. I mean, and I, I it, it was really funny too. The from the franchise that brought you AFC uh, participant uh, finalist. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. amazing. Amazing. He was yeah. In his defense, he was reading it right off the banner. That's true. <laughs> fourth, fourth winningest, the percentile of the percentile. I know. I, I almost gave that tweet a like, and then I saw it was cuck Mike Hurley who made it. And I was like, oh, I'm not <laughs> oh gosh, that. am I quoting Hurley? Yeah. I think that's who it was, yeah. So is 
is Jim Irsay actually, Dan, is he like the thanks dad 1.1, you know, with obviously with Upton being the original thanks dad. And Mike, I spit out, I spit out a drink last night when you tweet quote tweeted up and said, your father won 17% of his games and all you do is dug his tug at his dead prick. So <laughs> bravo there. I had, I had no idea that his record, I knew he sucked. I didn't know it was that bad. It's like, that's like legendarily bad for people with, I think 50 games or something like that. That's like impossibly, you know, bad. I, I didn't, I didn't know it was, he was that shitty. So I was pleased to find that out. Makes a, makes a nine and 19 look like Bill and Brady's winning percentage together. Yeah. Uh, Dan, thank God, Bob, uh, Jim, I must call him Bob Ursay. Read some, sh- look at Bob Ursay stuff on Wikipedia. He's the one who moved the Colts out of Baltimore to Indianapolis. Midnight, using the midnight Mayflower. Run. Yes, that's actually, a, a, you know, God forbid we praise California Bill on this, but that's actually a good 30 for 30. We will get to the ringer in California Bill shortly, but uh, thank God Jim Irsay has been on the other side. Maybe the Colts would have won more Super Bowls if, um, you know, Ursay wasn't in charge. And maybe the Crafty Bob should put more liquor in the uh, the indie GM box when they used to come in in the early 2000s with uh, Bill Pullian. Almost wow. makes you wish they were still in the AFC East. <laughs> that's true that's true while we're, while we're on them i i feel nothing anymore with them it sucks because I, I i do miss hating them it's just there's nothing there it, it, it was all you know peyton and certainly dungy but yeah i'm, I'm just it does nothing for it, it in, in really in fairness it didn't do much for me with in you know post peyton with luck and whoever even when they were playing those guys whatever it was three times in the playoffs yeah it didn't do much for me so, did you have I, any doubt that the patriots are going to blow the doors off the luck colts in the 2014 afc title game just give all the points in that game yeah that was that was uh a mismatch a physical mismatch i think there was an that was actually to your point there was an email to the entitled town email box like who is the patriots biggest historical rival you can make a case that it's the Colts. Those Colts games, um, when Brady and Manning were in the center, really, really, really special stuff. You can argue that the first, the Brady coming out party, Mike, and it, you know, I never want to go in the way back machine, God forbid, but when they played, uh, the Colts were two touchdown favorites at Foxborough in 2001, um, and the Patriots blew their doors off 44 to 13. I can't remember what I had for lunch. I can remember the score to that game. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. I was thinking that today um, when I was thinking about something we were talking about in, in a minute. Um, I was like, well, I can really reel this shit off. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what I did yesterday. Um, but yeah, no, th- those were the best the best games. And I think I wonder and I think it was more like it wasn't even. I think, you know, like the 38, 34 game was a great game. Oh, three. The what AFC championship wasn't, a, wasn't a great game. I think it was more iconic in, 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 in the, in the weather, um, you know, and then Oh five, the Pats kind of suck, got their ass kicked. Oh six, they kicked their ass in, uh, in, I think 2014 up here. And then the, of course the, the nightmare game, but uh, the Oh seven regular season game was, it was a great game. Yes, it was. And then of course the Oh eight game out there too um, was pretty good with castle. And then, and then of course, Oh nine was, you know, hell, but it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Dan, do you miss the, do you miss the Colts being, you know, now they're a hammer and nail do not have rivals. The Colts were a worthy adversary once upon a time. I don't know when when a team loses that edge. Do, do you feel that? Do you still? It, I, I think you do lose that edge. Like, how how do you feel about like the Seahawks now? I mean, they're having some success this year, but they're not the 
Uh, Pete Carroll to me is now a sympathetic figure. All those assholes are gone. In particular, the uh, the Broncos country dickhead in Denver. I kind of like the Seahawks team. Geno Smith forever. Yeah, so I, I think it's you know it's the personalities that that surround them. I think that's what we're tied to. You know, I I mentioned a short time ago uh, California Bill Simmons and uh, his website, The Ringer. Mike, the low stakes unit went into overdrive last week. Uh, big was Wozni Lombre. There were some, some. All right, let me let me back up the the bus here for just a second. He tweeted vaguely tweeted about the Celtics uh, letting Ime Adoka go. His hiring status about Ime going to the Nets, dredging up some shit, you know. And oh, it, as it comes out, it's not surprising that Wozni Lombre would sympathize with Ime Adoka and what is vaguely and obliquely kind of uh, he's been accused of. Um, the, the big was stuff, uh, a job well done. Um, go ahead. I mean, go ahead through the genesis of this. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the le- lesson number one is <clears throat> don't say anything bad about the Celtics in my, <laughs> in my presence. Um, but no, he, he caught me, he caught me at the wrong time. I was, uh, I was, I was laid up and I had nothing but time. So, um, you know, I did the <clears throat> the the patented uh, seven dirty words um, search associated with his timeline. And... He actually <laughs> tweeted "no" means yes with regards to men and women. With so sex. yeah, I was I was like, it started out, <clears throat> you know, and I was like, I just want to drag this guy and see if he said anything really stupid. And it was like kind of stuff that was bad. Like okay, like I, I'm kind of almost willing. Not I just I, I've never been a one. To, I've said you know stupid shit and joke with your friends but you know i've never been big on on like saying the r word right just it's just it feels fucking wrong to me but i can kind of understand you know the 2009 10 on twitter if you're saying that i kind of get it because like even at the time like you know barack obama who was a very progressive guy he made the special olympics joke on the tonight show so as a society i think we knew it was wrong but there was a lot i think of, of people were kind of they weren't like you know People were still saying that, and it was shit. It was the it was the Wild West. Yeah, it was. If a guy was just saying that, I can kind of let it slide. I think it's really shitty, but I can kind of let it slide. You were an adult, but then I started doing like searches for like rape and stuff. It never. It took a dark. It took a dark fucking turn, and I was. I just kept going and going. I was like, "What if I type in no means yes?" And sure enough, it came back (laughs) a fucking hit. I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "There's no end." So I mean, he went out and typed in Holocaust. The Jews, (laughs) homosexuals, mentally challenged people. He checked. Yeah, he really goes into Shukri Wright's level of misogyny towards women too. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't discriminate. That's for sure. He was an equal opportunity offender. It was was pretty brutal. Why didn't we get? Why didn't we get Gabby Starr in the case? I will say, I'm very, very proud of the uh, the low stakes unit. Yeah, sure. I'll uh, just check with the boys down at the crime lab. They uh, got uh, four more detectives working on the case. They got us working in shifts. <laughs> so great job by uh, Media Mike and the Low Stakes Unit. Dan, did you catch any of that Wozni Lombre stuff? I mean, uh, I mean the apology. Uh, before I, I go any further, I have to, I have to play this. This it's not even an apology. I don't even know what that is. Mike and I were. Uh, messaging a storm back and forth over this not it's not an apology it's not an explanation i don't know what the fuck this is but here's big was on his friday podcast where he was going to address domestic violence issues 
and misogyny issues on a Ringer podcast. Hey guys, it's Waz. In the last couple of days, some past tweets of mine have resurfaced online and I wanted to address them on the pod today because I really pride myself on being truthful and honest up here with you guys. To be clear, those tweets are offensive and completely out of line with the person who I am today, but I wanted to speak about it anyway. As the years went on from when I first got on social, I came to see these online spaces as more than just vehicles by which you popped a bunch of shit on, right, about this or that. I came to understand that you could really make people feel really terrible about what you put online. And I made a concerted effort to adjust my online behavior accordingly. And more than just that, just from my own life experiences, I came to have a better understanding of how traditionally marginalized groups have to move through our world. And it taught me a more three-dimensional viewpoint of the folks I come across both online and obviously in real life. And candidly, as a young Black person from the neighborhoods that I'm from, it's like really easy, or especially when I was younger, to get really navel-gazy about the shit that afflicts us and our community and basically ignore everything else. However, I think my current work reflects a level of gained wisdom on this stuff. And that's the kind of work that I want to do. And I think that's what I try to do every day up here. And anyway, just to reiterate, I used to be a kind of a piece of work online, but in the 10 to 13 years since, I've evolved as a person and gained some wisdom and enlightenment about a lot of things. That oddly specific 10 to 13 year time span, first of all, is a lie. There are tweets a lot more recent than that. When someone gets that specific during a timeline, you know, you it's kind of a, a tell that he's full of shit. Um, Simmons never addressed this. I guess it's kind of PR 101 to not address that sort of thing. And it was, I mean, somewhere uh, Massachusetts state representatives were doing the Ted Nation round of applause for a Friday news dump. That podcast was released in the at- late afternoon on Friday from Big Mike, those were just words. What the hell was that? Uh, that's that's an unbelievable uh display of dissembling there wow that is some word salad like buzzword like yeah it was pretty impressive um saying absolutely nothing and he deleted his account immediately after that podcast yeah i'll give him i'll give him this he's tap dancing around a point that absent the really rough um uh, sexual stuff there that i'd almost be sympathetic to but he never really comes out and says it and I would say this, uh, a young guy, a young man of color, growing up in the city around uh, all of these different uh, folks of, of different backgrounds. And I think having those observations about different cultures um, that he <laughs> displayed on there, I don't think those were some or abnormal or inexcusable thoughts that he had as a young as a young guy. So he's almost getting to a point, but I don't even know if he completely gets it because I think like, this is how I grew up. I, I, I've learned from it. Um, and I, you know, it's, it was, it was stupid, but um, can you kind of understand where I was coming from? And I, I kind of would understand that, but then the, the misogyny shit was just, it was fucking, you know, blew past everything. So, so he, he's, he was fucked. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is. 
if I it really was a full ownership, that. it would be one thing. You know, there was no ownership there. That was complete cover your ass. That's all it was. You know, the guy that the man that I was in 2013 is so far removed from the man that I became in 2014. It's very passive language, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just stunned as this is all unfolded that he has never been canceled. You know, Dan, he, yeah. Dan, he and, and I was thinking it was a, a testament to his, I, I don't know, his anonymity to his lack of relevance that he hasn't been canceled yet. It's like a Zen question. Uh, uh, if a raging misogynistic, homophobic, anti-Semitic bigot tweets in the woods, does, does he get canceled? So the, I find the most amazing thing about this was that not only does he work for the ringer, which is owned by Spotify, the ringer never addressed it. Spotify never addressed it. He previously worked for ESPN in The Athletic, Dan. This was all out there. Who was doing their vetting? Is Bedard their social media you know, manager? What is, what, what's, that is awful. Oh, I saw a Cape Cod, a Cape Cod teacher uh, or headline today. And oh, I was, boy. oh, boy. I was like, whoa. And I was like, <laughs> ah, damn it. And I heard the name, but it wasn't. <laughs> oh, please, God, please. Yeah. Dan, is, I mean, less vetting done there than done on Entitled Town, clearly. Clearly, do we, do we do any vetting on ours? I, don't, I didn't think we did any. Vetting. Who are you again? <laughs> uh, so that leads into California Bill Simmons. Uh, I received, uh, and I have to apologize. I don't remember. Um, I don't have the email or direct message. This was sent from Dan. You were on the podcast last week uh, where we discussed the Mount Mushmore of Boston sports medias, and I got a couple of different people reaching out to me saying, and I thought this was a brilliant point. Why isn't Bill Simmons on the Mount Mushmore of worst Boston sports media personalities? I got to say, you know, we got to take some laps. We dropped the ball there. Yeah. It's a big mess as uh, he, as much as anyone has spawned what we see in sports media now. I mean, he's definitely the guy who made a whole generation think, you know, fuck it. Why do I even go to J school? Uh, yeah. you, you can make the argument that he's uh, like the biggest negative, negative influence of all. Um, I want to say in my defense, his moniker to the contrary, I don't think of him as a Boston sports guy. Like we coined on the old Boston right, sports right. media watch board. To me, he's the Hollywood metrosexual sports guy. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Uh, Mike, who is, uh, in, you know, after the fact, who's your Mount Mushmore and is Simmons on it? Yeah, mine were, I think, uh, Dan's. Where I was in agreement with Dan. You guys crowdsourced um, it. Yeah, I know you guys bounced it off each other. Yeah, yeah. We, we had the, we had the same three, and then I was going to go Borges, but Dan was right with, with Willie. Uh, or did I suggest Willie? I don't remember. Either way, but Willie, I think you know I'd have Willie in there. But I think if we're looking as far as as there is there is a kernel of Will McDonough in in Bill Simmons, but like with with to the point about uh, Andelman, Eddie, and and Ordway. Hi, Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, not being uh, you giving 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 it to Felger over over those two. I think we give it to we give it to Simmons over because what it has really spawned is just this monster that grew far beyond that other thing. We could we could have we could have existed with the previous kind of um, thing, but this is just he he went and took it to this insane level, and, and yeah, he he basically perfected internet internet sports writing um it, as as an as a form of uh, fan empowerment and uh takes takes empowerment and just 
you know, even something as mundane as, as the Ewing theory, like we really didn't, there weren't, we didn't really coin those kind of things. I don't think in that, in, in, in codify them in such a but way. But that's the kind of shit that you would say if you're out with your buddies, you know, having a, a knocking back a couple, that's basically what it was. Yes. But I, I think it's the, the the desire to have to well you would say ah the, the Knicks are better without Patrick Ewing you wouldn't call it the Ewing theory right and I think that's what he did is is made all these things and you know he 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 really did uh the intersection of of pop culture and sports which is uh a pox uh, on us so yeah I think he he deserves to be up there and I think he is up there um and it's he is the laziest, uh, and yes. you know, you want to talk about, you want to talk about misogyny. It's not surprising that he would look overlook those things because he has uh, yeah. some skeletons in the closet. So, yeah, uh, yeah, he he is very very much uh, worthy of that. And you know, we we definitely I don't even think we mentioned him. That and I, I would kill him on the rewatchables for not mentioning mentioning some you know Oscar winner in in in, in a certain uh, conversation that required that context. And yeah, he he we totally blew that one. What was what was his platform that he started? Was it Digital City or something like that? Yeah, AOL were Digital you, Cities. Yeah. Who you guys did not print were you fans out of that of his his early work. I'm sure we all were. I'm, yeah, I, I, let those like among said, us yeah. who did not print out his Friday column and read it on the shitter, kept, you know, running yeah. the ball into the line on a Friday at work. Yeah, that was the that was the thing. Like the um the like grading the Wimbledon babes. But then, like I like I said, I was thinking I said before. I t- then I turned twenty three, and I realized that it's right. kind of a shitty thing to <laughs> making fun of like appearances like that. It's like ah, eh, that's a little that's a little shitty. But um, yeah, it, and and then he stole a joke from me in an email, and then we were we were was, he stole a Karate Kid two joke. He stole Daniel San. This is not turning into this for real from me in an email, and like didn't give me. And I was like, you this motherfucker, and then that was over. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wanted to write the joke himself, but it was too hard. Yeah. Yeah, I will say that Simmons in his uh, in his uh, compilation book about the Red Sox winning the 2004 World Series title, he takes shots at Damon Affleck and all that kind of Cambridge slash Hollywood literati. Now he's in a fucking fantasy league with Affleck and John Hamm, and he's he owns seven houses in Brentwood. He's worth nine figures, and you know I'm sitting here in Seattle making fart noises with my mouth. So there is no God. It's depressing. It really he became is. what he used to hate. Yeah, he is. I mean, like Ordway became Andelman, Simmons became Shaughnessy. Well done, uh, Hollywood metrosexual sports guy. Media Mike. Uh, the Celtics are seven and three. They've started four and two on the road. They're giving up gobs of points. Is Rob Williams the cure for what ails them? Um, probably. Yeah, but. Is he, is he going to stay healthy? Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. They need uh, one more big body. You don't want to wear Al down. Uh, you want to make sure that yeah. Rob's minutes, Rob and Al are, are healthy when it comes May. It's hard. It's, it, it's, it's hard to get back to, to where they, they were at last year. Um, it's a lot of miles, a lot of it's taxing mentally and physically. So We'll see. You know, there uh, there are things I like. Um, you know, the Hauser on the court is uh, offensively is a pretty damn. Pretty they good go player. at him on defense uh, every fucking yeah, possession. But but I think they need that. 
they they need that they need his offense uh um, i'm glad that he's on the floor and they didn't sign carmelo anthony absolutely he gets, uh, he gets yeah they they they, they in, in the playoffs he's gonna get um attacked and they're they're gonna hunt him but um you know for where 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 they're at um and he's a bit older um he's not he's not you know he's not a 22 year old doing it um but i think i think he's you know looked okay um shooting the ball so but uh yeah i I'd like to think of Rob as the solution um, at the end, but we'll see. I know they, they're they're you know they're, they're certainly one of the top three teams in the East, I think, and that's all you can kind of ask for. Agreed, Dan. Your thoughts on the? We're going to have Chico on when the Celtics hit the, the quarter poll around twenty games to get Chico's insights on yeah. the Celts. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on the uh, the first ten games? Yeah, Rob Williams plus time. You know, that's you, you're absolutely right. The defense hasn't been so good. What do you guys think of the uh, the Luke Cornett three point defense strategy? Interesting approach, Cotton. <laughs> I, I, I I applaud them playing Cornett. He's like, you can't run these fucking guys into the ground. Hor- you can't play Horford thirty five yeah, minutes a night this time of year. And yeah. they're good enough where they should be able to go small and just outscore teams this early in the season. Yeah, and and, and Tatum to me, you know, uh, has taken a an even bigger leap that you know you don't discount what the kind of experience they had last year and how, how beneficial that can be and you know now we're talking you know i thought the the top five ish seven five to seven thing was in a little bit of ways i think there was some projection there uh, because he was you know, 23 uh but now it's you know, is this guy a top two player in the league um, this year? <laughs> it's pretty fucking awesome. You think uh, he's finally getting the superstar whistle? He's definitely uh, getting the line more. Four, yeah, like 40. He's like, what's his free throw rate? Like 45% now or something like that. Like, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. It's he's pretty crazy. 6'10, he's 6'10 with a pterodactyl wingspan, and he yeah. can also play great defense. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a veteran whistle. I, I think he's just, you think he's just better. He's better all over. He's better all around. Um, but I got to tell you, though, how many turnovers did Jalen have last night after fucking opening his mouth again? Um, well, he's the I got to give him a pass. He's the vice president of Players Association. He has to speak up on behalf of his, he, uh, his does constituency. He? Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. After, after well, well, who is fucking Kanye in the in the uh, in the the Players Association too? No, he, he's a big brain, you know, big brain. Uh, fucking, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I, I'm all set. I'm all set. Uh, I, I've I've seen enough. Um, good player. Don't don't think he's a great player. I've seen enough. He's a number two. I think that's, uh, that's there's clearly a pecking though, water on that team. Number I like my I like number twos that can dribble. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I he still can't handle the ball. I I, I like it. Uh, you know, how many guys with that with a thirty percent usage rate in that situation? that are you know he's a, a max ish type player and there's a lot of those i think playing with jason tatum well tobias third, harris once upon a time was a max ish player and now he he can well i am sure but I, I think i i think playing alongside jason tatum and getting 30 percent use a 30 percent usage rate you're going to put up 25 points a night i i think he's a good player i just i think there's some uh the the flags to me that he had the things that he has in him um, as a player that exist. Um, I, 
are are worrisome. I think you win a title with him as as, a, as your second guy. I don't know if he's your classic second guy. I don't think his skills matter. will age particularly well as as he gets into his early thirties. Yeah. I'll say that. Okay. So you guys it's feeling about the coaching? Uh, fine. I mean, Will Hardy's yeah. got Will Hardy's got the fucking jazz at night. That jazz team yeah. is supposed to be tanking at nine and three with Laurie Markinen as their primary scorer at nine and three, and they blew out the friggin' Lakers last night. By the way, LeBron two and nine. Well done, LeBron. The only the only jazz fan I've ever known is, was texting me like, "Oh, thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for Will Hardy." It's like, okay, but yeah, he's he's pretty good. Dan, uh, uh, your thoughts on Jalen? Oh gosh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a big I'm, sigh. Says yeah, a lot I'm right speechless there. on that. All right, fair enough. I Next like time, the player. I just, I just don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how an athletic per, like I understand if you're you know, 6'10", and, uh, you know, Mark Blount, Tony Batie, I understand how you don't have a handle. In, in 2022, a guy of his size with his athleticism, how you don't, how how it doesn't come together in that way. It just, it's it's it's, it's a weird thing. Watch and a fucking even... Maravich video. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Another timely reference for the kids yeah. listening. And I and I actually, I I like him. He's, I think he's a pretty damn good player. He just, I think there's some weird things there that frustrate me. I think it's generational. That's stuff that we can't understand, if, I, if I'm being perfectly honest. All right, so it's time. Last couple of weeks, to some acclaim, um, our kind of quick hit segment um, has gotten some positive feedback. So we, uh, we this is our quick, quick hit segment sponsored by Peter's Honda the premier Honda dealer in the Merrimack Valley, seconds off the Everett Turnpike at 300 Amherst Street in Nashua. Tell them Media Mike sent you and get 5% off your next oil change. Dan, are the Jets for real? Yeah, absolutely. Great defense. Might be, might be the best defense they've faced all year. Mike, is Zach Wilson the worst quarterback in the AFC East? Yeah, 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 for sure. Mike, uh, in the Eagles Bills Super Bowl, would you root for the Eagles, the Bills, or would you be reaching for your Joe Bird toothbrush? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, my 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 thoughts on the city of Philadelphia were were summed up um, best by the Bill Burr rant after the Phillies, the Phillies lost. But I in that situation, I I can envision uh, I talk a big game now, but it, it, you know, I think that's kind of like a, the, the four, I have no idea. Like, like in high, I remember going leading up to the uh, 2012 Super Bowl, I was making grand statements about how I wasn't going to root for either team. And I was, you know, I had my 49ers pom-poms on uh, out, out pretty quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think I would be, um, you know, I would be running around to uh, some Bill, Bill Conti music uh, early on Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, Dan, is it possible that Josh Allen's elbow is going to be uh, Frank Tananas at some point? No, there, we can always hope. Um, I, I want that same Eagles, Eagles, Bills question because I, <laughs> I'll, I'll root for the Eagles just because I want to see if they put up a, a Nick Sirianni uh, statue. Nick Sirianni statue, <laughs> yeah, with a pencil in his ear and a visor. Well done. Uh, Dan, out of these, the, the NFC, despite the Eagles being undefeated at this point, the NFC is really a hodgepodge. Which team, obviously the, the the number one answer is the Giants. Which team is the most ripe for the fall after the Giants? Is it Philly, 
Dallas, Seattle, or Minnesota? Oh, I don't know. It's kind of say Minnesota with that. Never trust Minnesota with a, with a, what are they? Six and one now? Uh, no, more seven than, and one. Seven yeah. and one. Yeah. Captain Kirk at the controls. That's really uh, it. Kirk. Mike, our, uh, our, our favorite uh, punching bag, uh, Duxbury's own Albert Breer tried to make Chris Evans getting sexiest man alive about him today. The man's shamelessness knows no bounds. <laughs> that was, that was awesome. And, you know, I'm really pissed at myself. So when I have a thought sometimes in the morning or just so I can, I can brag to my friends later, I'll jot it down in a notepad in my, on my phone and take and take notes. Like, as you can see this one here, Oh shit. Can you see it? I can't see it. No, it says this is from Sunday at one Oh two. Uh, PM. I feel like Allen is getting injured today. Note the time. So I fucking injured Josh Allen. And this morning I was like, oh my God, Breers. And I saw that headline. I'm like, oh my God, Breers is going to tweet something about because I knew they were they had a class together. And he's he's talked about it like fucking many times, tweeted about it. I just love that he thinks he's getting like uh residual uh, residual heat by standing the glow of the sexiest man alive like that is so perfect i love it we sat next to in in, in civics classes fucking unbelievable perfect that was so good and it was it was actually it it came in just before the cutoff you quote tweeted this breer fucking beauty just epitomizing the zeroness of sitting on your couch in duxbury Greer tweeted earlier today, the Rams cutting safety Terrell Burgess and the Raiders cutting safety and Jonathan Abrams today reels the truth of the trade deadline. The great majority of guys being shopped are at the very end of the live with their teams. I mean, the captain, mother, fucking obvious. Are you shitting me? He gets paid for this. I mean, we're <laughs> getting three cents per click for every download, but he's actually getting, you know, you know, dad's money aside. He's supposedly getting paid for that insight. I, th- I thought they were usually at the beginning of their careers when they were being shot with their with their team. <laughs> fucking amazing. Mike, oh, did your shit. did your stone cold dark heart get softened even a little when Brady had that comeback against the Rams on Sunday and Sean McVay, all, his hair almost moved. He was so upset. No, I wanted I wanted Vivian and and Ben to be asked where Daddy was and and that night. So no, but I nothing in in human history was as mortal a lock as them scoring absolutely right like, absolutely shit. unless like, it was Mahomes coming back against the Tennessee on Sunday night and and the way they punted in and not literal the in the metaphys in in, in the, the the not the non-literal sense the way they punted that possession previous uh McVeigh you're like nope that ain't ending well and, and you know they tried to do that in that in the playoff game in the, the divisional game they they really did their damn best yeah they did to give that one away and uh you know they did it on on sunday so fuck <laughs> yeah there, there was no way i, I was uh I, you know and I, I i'm joking around about about tom's record without um a a hall of fame coach in his corner but I, i'm not shoveling any dirt yet i'm too cautious for that at this point dan uh were you warmed by brady's comeback sunday i'll admit i sat in the couch i we all knew it was coming and I laughed my ass off when Kate Otten caught that pass with, I think it was less than 10 seconds to go to win that game. It was, I mean, classic Brady. I compared it to the improbable win when Kenbrell Tompkins beat the Saints in 2013, the same day David Ortiz hit the grand slam against the Tigers. Yeah, I was indifferent to it. I mean, I was watching completely unsurprised. I just think of uh, uh, Wickersham and his, what was it, his August playing up of McVeigh. 
Oh, that embarrassing uh, fluff job. He has a chance to be one of the greatest ever. I think I'm going to say that every every <laughs> every single podcast, every week, I'm going to keep bringing that one up. And my, my hear- take is McVeigh is one of the good ones too of that crowd too, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I I think he's better than than the other generic replacement level uh, Staley Taylor whoever I. Just, I don't know. Uh, Kingsbury, who Kingsbury should oh, be God. should be fired oh, yesterday. God. Yeah. That I I watched the games uh, a lot of Sundays with a Cardinals fan and and he's he's ready to reach for the Joe Bird toothbrush in case there's not an Eagles Bill Super Bowl. Um got a couple of emails. Uh Vinny chimed in pissing his pants about the offensive line. Vinny, we're kind of there with you. Um let's get Andrews back. Uh John K came in and he really enjoyed the Mount Mushmore segment. But he wants to know, and this is just off the top of your head, who you, your Mount Rushmore is, a best Boston sports media personality. He chimes in, Lee Montville, Mike Reese, Matt Chatham, and, uh, sorry, Mike, uh, Jackie McMullen. <laughs> Rather than have a Mount, a Mount Rushmore, who, I mean, chime in on Jackie. I believe there's there's a horn. There's a horn we, we may have... <laughs> had some kind of name for with the Lee Montville. <laughs> That's true. I will say I enjoyed his book on the 69 Celtics. Tall Men Short Shorts was a, a really, really fun read on the plane. But, uh, you know, watch Don Nelson shoot a free throw and it makes every point you've ever had uh, with uh, regarding uh, 60s basketball comparing with today. Uh, let's go. Let's go to final thoughts. Uh, Dan, uh, you're up. Oh, um. I miss I misread the defense. It's Mike on Route One that has the final thought. Mike, go ahead. Okay, so um, I, I I can't believe I have to add this caveat, but you know there's no shortage of stupid people out there. Uh, seeing as how you know Marjorie Taylor Greene's probably going to be in line for a uh, uh, committee committee chair for the Intelligence Committee or something like that. Well, she's in the House, so no. But um, yeah, so we're not no shortage of stupid people. Stupid people. But I'm not comparing this team to the O3 team. But I think the point I'm trying to make here is that. You know, you don't really know what you have until uh, until you become the, the team that you're kind of meant to be. So it's easy in hindsight to say, you know, 14 and 2, 14 and true, 14 and 2. But there were struggles in 2003, right? Uh, Ken Walter was 2022. Oh, yeah, they actually won that get... game in Denver because he couldn't punt the fucking ball right. after the intentional safety. He was released after Indy. We had we got the uh, the he had like a, a, a absurd average in the indie game like 20 20 yards of kick or something like that you can look that I don't, I don't know what it is but look at it, it was bad uh and then the the immortal brooks barnard um in i was the, gonna ask the, if you knew his name he punted yeah, one game the yeah. miami moonlight, snow game moonlight graham um, yes. in, in the miami <laughs> snow game uh maybe the defining regular season game of this run i think close but then like you know paxton lonnie paxton gets injured that week so they bring in uh, Sean McDermott to snap long snap for a game, and they had to bring Walter back because you can't replace two thirds of your your field goal operation. And Vinatieri was was struggling probably because of all the shit that was going on. So then uh, McDermott gets injured, and um, and they bring in Brian Kinchin, which is one of the craziest fucking stories ever. The right? sliced it's finger like, in the Super Bowl. That's like Game Six eighty six. Like you know, Sheraldi Kevin Mitchell were were roommates, and Sheraldi yeah. told him how he was going to pitch him level of crazy. You yeah, I'll throw you a fastball inside, right and away, away, and go yeah. away. Yeah, right. So it, just crazy shit. But so you know, thinking about that now, it's like 
can you imagine if that was happening now? Like they didn't have a, they couldn't, they literally couldn't snap the ball. And, but really more to the point, the offense uh, in, in 03, uh, you know, one offensive touchdown against the giants in the rain. Of course, it was the scoop and score from, from Chatham as well. Uh, nine to three against the Browns, no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think one offensive touchdown at the Cowboys, it was 12, nothing. I think there's, they must've missed the, the uh, a point after. So 12, nothing, uh, zero offensive touchdowns in the, in the Miami game. So for years, I think really after, I think 07 really is um, through them not from them not winning in those subsequent years through up until 2014, uh, the, the early dynasty teams, the way they won was held up as this example and used as a cudgel of their, you know, their identity, the way they, they need to return to, they had lost their soul when Tom was throwing the ball all over the yard to Gronk and Hernandez and Welker and putting up all these, these big numbers. And now they're winning those kind of games, the 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 phone booth rock fight games, and it's it's treated with shoe pissing. They have an A plus defensive performance, uh, despite Bailey's kicking. They had they've been great covering, and uh, Marcus Jones is unbelievable in the return game. I mean, what Flips a revelation! Field, not watching what not watching Gunner helicopter helicopter into piles has been a a delight. So I have no idea what they're going to be. Um, you know, I think they get the line play straightened out. They're okay. But, you know, you don't know what you have. Um, it's easy to say, oh, they, it was all, you know, sunshine and rainbows after they won 20 games in a row um, going into the, into the, into 2004. But, um, you know, you, you just don't know. So, so looking back on things, oh, like everybody knew, not everybody knew. That's not the way it was. They went, they, they played the immortal 20 banks down to almost tie a tie in overtime down in uh down in houston and they had like 13 points through three quarters or something or yeah four quarters yeah they scored at the end they, they scored like 10 seconds left daniel um, graham caught a touchdown to tie the game and on, fourth, on fourth down yeah Correct. exactly exactly yep to your point yeah. to your yeah. point in 2003 zero points against buffalo 17 in a dreadful loss uh down in landover to washington 17 against the giants is referenced nine against cleveland 12 against dallas 12 against Miami, and in the first game in the brutal cold of the the divisional round, they scored 17 against Tennessee. They exploded oh, in the good in, in the 38 points in the in the Hoosier Dome. Uh, the uh, you know 97 of those uh, 97 yard return from uh, as our old friend Bill Gil Santos called him Bethel Johnson, uh, <laughs> and then he also had a, another big return in that game to set up a touchdown, I believe, like well into Indy territory. So nowadays we don't count. We don't count that as as anything, right? We don't count um, special teams play. Well, hopefully Marcus Jones can beat Bethel, right? Yes. I mean, he's pretty damn he's pretty damn good. Those 03 and 04 teams were just absolute masters of situational football. And you know, I would I would throw out there that Sunday was absolutely a situational football game. The Colts weren't going to win that game. Just don't turn it over, as I referenced earlier, and let the defense, you know, stomp Sam Ellinger. Uh, the Colts are missing Jonathan Taylor on top of that. So, I mean, th- they weren't going to score. The only way they were going to score was that the Patriots gave them the goddamn ball. Yeah. So there it is. My final thought is very simple. The Bruins are 11-2. and two. The Celtics are 7-3. and three. The Patriots are in position to try to get into position. The media shoot, the media is, at this point, it's, it's a parody of a parody. I mean, Curran, uh, the despicable, smarmy Phil Perry, by the way, Ben Volan, still, why is he still employed? I, our buddy uh, from the old board keeps tweeting that Ben Volan still has a goddamn job, which is kind of unbelievable. But then again, 
So does Wozni Lombre. Uh, Dan is at Patriots Daily. Mike is at In This Town One. My name is Mike Irons. Hopefully we'll be able to get the band back together next week. Uh, I implore you to stay off the pike and please turn off your radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.